Welcome to the Inner Huddle, a youth football development podcast for parents, coaches, and managers of young aspiring footballers. Your hosts from Pezza Street Soccer are Pez and Jeff. Question number six. What are your thoughts on the people that are very scathing of these isolated individual practices? And it says at home, but they're pretty much scathing of them in general, whether, you know, before this, whether it's at home or not. Um, Yeah, well, as I was just saying, this is the one time in history where you could really do a study on it, isn't it? Yeah. You could measure a child that is doing... Still there, Jeff? Yeah, sorry. I've got my phone on Do Not Disturb, but a, a call still came through. Oh. don't know how that happened. Um, we've not mastered technology yet. No, not quite yet, have we? So if it happens again, it's just because they're trying to ring again. Um, yeah, we, you know, if it was set up for it, you could do a study on the children that have been doing their individual training and the children that haven't been doing their individual training. And, actually see if it benefits the children that are doing their individual training when they come back. But um, obviously that isn't going to happen, is it? I can't imagine there's a university study going on at the moment that is no, looking at them. But you never know. I, I will see it. I, it will be evidence enough for me. You will see it when you go back to sessions, convincing the people that have their confirmation biases that they're right and we're wrong and individual training has no value and why would you do it when, What's the point in learning a turn in isolation if you've then got to do it against a player with all the other... Well, because you'll be technically better at it. It's simple. Your body will be, be used, to, used to doing it. It's, I it just seems crazy to me and really, really naive and foolish to dismiss it. And I go as far to say that a lot of people latch on to this belief because they're lazy and they don't want to coach. They don't want to... I, I don't know because I, 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 perhaps I'm starting to get a bit bitter about it at my old age Jeff I don't know um, but we know it works because we see it every single day and we've seen seen what magic can happen and I, I'm going to throw it out there that on its own if children only ever did individual practices I get it then it's like Janino says it's like learning to swim in dry land you have to match it up with trying it opposed you know and in situations to learn the triggers and the cues and when and where to do it but learning those triggers and cues are accelerated if you've practiced that move in isolation in the first place because the pathway is already open you don't have to technically learn the tool if you like that's in your toolkit you know the technique techniques are what you actually do so take the Cruyff turn for example or a flip flap that's a technique okay on its own in isolation it's a technique it only becomes a skill when you use it at the right time in the right situation then it becomes a skill so that's the difference between a technique and a skill so you can only actually do skills in match situations or 1v1s or constraints games or whatever Um, and I think people lose the sight of it because they say you can't gain skill acquisition doing these isolated training. Well, you're not doing skill acquisition. You're doing technical acquisition. And I could go on and on and on, as you know, but it's, it's like a boxer 
Now, a boxer, even though it's an individual sport, but they don't just spar all the time to get better at boxing. And that's how, that's the equivalent of just playing matches all the time, picking up on the cues and the signals of the other person. They break it down, so they'll do skipping for the footwork. They'll do, well, all sorts of wonderful things, you know. I mean, I only watch Rocky, so I don't really know, but they do pad work. They do dipping underneath ropes. They do all sorts of individual elements to improve them as a whole, to then take into the sparring, to improve their sparring, which improves them for the actual real thing. I think that the pad work is the one that you can really draw an analogy from because in your pad work you can be doing jab right right hand jab left hook cross uppercut right and putting these patterns patterns, you mean yeah yeah agreed totally so you're putting those patterns together over and over and over and over now if you asked any boxer what would you rather be really good at those pad combinations before you go into the ring and have your first actual real bout or boxing match or would you rather not have that pad work behind you every boxer in the whole world ever would say yeah I'd rather be good at those those patterns and those pad works um, they have to do a between 8 and 12 week training camp build it up to a fight because they know they have to practice all those elements to be as good as they can be yeah. for that match and it should be the same with you know with football if you know, you want to be prepared the best you can and, and, and develop the best way. It doesn't mean it's not fun. I think that's the other part. Yeah. It's, it's like these people think you force kids to do these individual practices. Well, you don't. If you don't like doing it, you don't do it. But the ones that do, and they fall in love with it, Jeff, and it's a beautiful thing, and they practice practice all the relevant things and improve. That, And you match it up with giving them, I mean, I always say, don't I, like, painting like a blank canvas to go and go and express yourself and paint on that's when the magic happens if you marry the two together so yeah the individual practice on their own not great you would be better off just playing matches probably than doing just that um but that on their own you're only ever going to get to a certain level but you put them both together and swear the magic happens and that's what we've seen over the years i was even thinking the other day it's like um like a soldier, again, I don't know anything about soldiering, but like a, a, a marksman in, in the army, you know, just because you can't recreate the pressure and the randomness of, of being in a battle situation doesn't mean someone's not going to go out the rifle range and practice how to shoot over and over and over and over and over again. You know, and they, they, they will ramp that up and make it more and more like an actual battle scene and a scenario. Of course. Yeah. But at the very start, they're not just going to throw them in with actual bullets whizzing around their ear holes, are they? Because they won't have the technique to survive. They're just... yeah. I can hear them saying, football's not life and death. You can't compare it or whatever. But it's a learning analogy as opposed to uh, the seriousness of it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, they'll practice. They'll get familiar with their gun first, I presume. You know, how it works, how you take it apart and put it back together and becomes part of you and then how you pull the trigger and then how you shoot over a short distance, long distance, on the move, moving targets, you know. And I think this is where the problem lies because people think, well, surely if a child just falls in love with playing with the ball themselves, they'll learn all these things themselves. But 
they, they might do that. They might fall in love with the ball and they might accidentally create and learn all these moves themselves and they might be able to put them all together yeah. in combinations and do, they might do that. But what we're doing is giving them loads of options to practice so that, that might turns into a bigger probability of being a better player. Yeah, and I think in, in eras gone by, children have much else to do than get out with their ball in the street or in the garden. Yeah. And then they wait for their mate to come and they play 1v1s and another mate would turn up and it'd be 2v1 or 2v2 and then it could be 10v10 in the street and you were playing, you know... I don't know how much individual coaching Messi ever had. Probably found a ball, practice, practice, practice and stuff. Probably wasn't guided that much. Yep. Great. Well, there's one in a squillion chance that that's going to happen with the next child, isn't there? But if you show them loads of things that they could possibly do and then they work towards it and they achieve it and then they move on to the next thing that they could possibly do with the ball, then you've given them a better chance of their potential. Yeah, and the other side of that is Ronaldo and Messi, the two best players of our generation. Ronaldo was very self-taught by doing isolated practices, um, which I know for a fact because of his best mate was I was with at Charlton, Jose Semedo, and he used to tell me, say after their training at Sport in Lisbon, he would go and do very similar training to what I was showing Jose. He was saying, yeah, Ronaldo used to do all this type of stuff and he used to put weights on his ankles. And at the time, for me, it was a massive boost because it was early on. And you're never quite sure, am I doing the right thing, am I not? And then to find out Ronaldo was doing it. When he was at May United, he also did it, but very guided as well. Right, you're going to do this skill four or five times, then I'm going to move on to this skill four or five times. Boom, 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 bang, bang. Boom, 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 bang. Next one. So well, they, they brought in a skills coach just to work with him at Manchester yeah. United. Rene Melustine, I think that's how you pronounce it, something like that. They, they brought him in to work with him because they realised he was going to do it anyway. So why not bring someone in to help and support him and, and be there for him and show him other ways of doing it? Um, so it does work. But Messi got to that level doing it a completely different way. But, but if you like, Ronaldo's kind of like our skill tech scheme and your, your Messi side of it's like your free play. And if you could yeah. put those two together, what could be possible? It's frightening. It is frightening. So, but yeah, that's that, that analogy, the soldier one's a new one, Jeff. You've not heard that one before because I love an analogy. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Hopefully I don't hear it again. <laughs> yeah, you will definitely be hearing it again. But it's, it, it, you know, it occurred to me that, because then they'll put those into conditioned scenarios. Yeah. That, you know, that lots of people love nowadays is conditioned matches. They'll have conditions going into a building when you're under fire or whatever, different tiny scenarios. And then I suppose they'll build up to proper battle scenes, paintballing, you know, yeah. where it's as close to the real thing as you can get. And But it, it starts with individual stuff and, and building it on. And you cannot recreate the pressure, but it doesn't mean you can't practice it. No. Right. We we normally talk a lot longer on that one. I like about that one is there probably is a lack of being allowed to be creative in those scenarios and in those environments, isn't there? Whereas we want to do both, don't we? Yeah, I think with with those scenarios, 
obviously it's not a, a, a definite no it's not uh, but it's um it's it's the pressure and it's the reacting to cues and triggers um and adapting on the job if you like which is the part of it that that i'm interested in because often like you said don't practice this don't practice that because it's not the real thing it's not under pressure and you you have got no visual cues of when and where to do it you know um it doesn't mean you shouldn't practice it oh if you've got the technique to back up once you start recognizing those cues and triggers and yeah. making your decisions then... well michael jordan i'm watching the last dance how many hours and hours has he spent practicing free throws yeah. he's not under any pressure you know yeah. but he has to have the the desire to want to improve and challenge himself some of them he's throwing it up some of them he's on the move some of it he's still you know it goes back to getting out of your comfort zone because i imagine he could go 99 out of 100 free throws can't recreate the pressure and as he's openly said before he's missed you know plenty of match winning shots in his time um yeah. But think how many he would have done if he didn't have the technique of actually doing it. I mean, it's nonsense. You, you, you have to practice these things. And if it makes people feel better, don't even see it as football training. See it as, you like to say, movement mastery rather than ball mastery. And you can't argue that moving better, both sides of your body and shifting weight from one side to the other, is not going to help you, not just at football, other sports yeah. and life in general. And we've all played with players who got okay feet, Jeff, and okay at football, but they're really stiff. Yeah. With this sort of stuff, you're not going to be stiff at your hips, your ankles, your knees. You know, you're just going to move a lot better. So just view it as, as movement mastery and uh, don't worry about it so much, guys. It is what it is and it works. All right, should we move on to the next question? Yeah, probably, before I come up with any other analogies. Right. <laughs> Um, uh, you must be late for your lunch, are you, Jeff? If you want to move on this quick. Um, where are we? Question seven. Has this time had any positives? For example, time to reflect and reevaluate. Do you want to go first? Well, no, I talk too much. Uh, it definitely had its positives because we've both been back through everything we have learned and know and. I expect you've remembered more stuff. Um, I think I said to you the other day, you've probably forgotten more stuff than most people who yeah. think they're good coaches know. Um, and you've gone back over it all and had a look at things and taken things on to the next level again. And um, As I've watched your live sessions, they've got better and better and better incrementally week on week. Um, I'd like to think the same's happened with my sessions. I might be wrong. Uh, <laughs> yours are intense they're crazy what I've what I've quite liked is and I've never apart from a couple of coaching courses I haven't watched myself coach back so over the last however many years I've watched my teams back uh, because they're being filmed in the National Super League week in week out and I've had a look at them tactically and I've looked at what they can improve on and what they're doing well but I haven't really looked at myself as a coach apart from on my Youth Award Module 3 maybe and um, different a couple of there was another coaching course where I was I had to watch myself back and it's not a very nice thing to do 
and none of us like it, do we? Uh, um, analyzing yourself and thinking and improving. But I've tried to watch back as much as I can and then think, right, I'm going to shut up at that point or I'm going to try and explain that a bit better. Or So the positive has been that I think our syllabuses have improved. Yeah. And I've been able to analyze myself as a coach rather than just looking at the players, which I'm much more interested in looking at the players and helping them improve, but it's no harm in looking at myself and trying to improve myself. Yeah, it's probably an important thing for a coach to do and something maybe we should have done more of in the past. I mean, I could have already told you I talk too much and I'm weak on my left side. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's definitely been highlighted more in these live sessions. Um, even my mum has watched and said, how do you talk so much all the way through it while she's doing the moves? I, I don't know. Just just a, a funny little thing that's that's happened out of it but but yeah the for me personally I wasn't even coaching so much anymore like my young lads you know great coaches um were working through the syllabus with the kids and I was kind of overseeing things so I've had to go right back into it and uh re-engage with the coaching process again so that's been nice I've really enjoyed watching you do it as well Pez yeah yeah good and I, and I like you say and I've I've learned again and, and remembered stuff that I'd probably forgotten. And, oh, yeah, we used to do this thing like this. And, oh, yeah, and we used to do it that way. And, and we've had good chats and we've come up with new stuff along the way. Like you say, the syllabuses have improved. Um, the online stuff, we've learned the technology, how you can do things in a very small space, uh, virtual one-to-one sessions. There has been a lot of positive. It doesn't always feel like there's a lot of positives because as with everyone else we're human and there's been a few pretty low points along the way I think with both of us and football Paul um, yeah. but I think when we look back on it we'll go yeah we we learned how to do these podcasts during lockdown you know we learned how to do the virtual one-to-ones learned the technology of how to do a session in your garage in your front room I mean it's crazy really um, obviously I've been writing my book as well there's been a lot of stuff worked on with that, so positives. And I think I think some of the feedback I've had from parents and seeing how their kids have engaged and how they've improved and you know, I've had a lot of nice messages as well, which is you know this might sorry. be the biggest positive, um, just before you carry on on yeah. the get is parents are probably watching us coach. Yes. Whereas Normally, they drop the kids off and then they come back for match time. So they don't know really that many of them. Some do stay and watch and they'll get it. And they're normally the ones that stick with us and are the most loyal because they understand what's going on in the sessions. But most will drop the kids off, come back, watch the last five or ten minutes of matches and think that's what we do. Um, There will be some parents who, when they drop off, we might have started with a match to get them going, pick them up and we finish with a match and their brain will think they've done nothing but matches the whole way through. There will be parents like that. This so opened it up to them. That, for me, without us being big-headed or anything, it's, it's nice to know that the parents are probably seeing what's being delivered to their kids. I think the most, the majority of these parents will think, wow, this is actually pretty good. And um, I don't talk that much during my normal sessions. 
<laughs> and the, the other side of that is I've engaged more with some parents. You know, yeah. My academy parents, I rang up every single one of them. I think it was 62 calls or something like that. Um, quite early on in lockdown, I think it was about week two or three. And some of the parents I'd never even had a chat with before. So there's been that side of it now, engage with them and know a little bit more about them and their family unit and stuff. So with me, it's always been very much about the kids and um, very blinkered and focused on the improvement of the kids. Um, when we first met each other and you know went on this journey together, that's how it was, wasn't it? It was a very personal thing, but as things have grown and changed and, to, you know, you, you let other people look after things so you don't see so much of that part of it do you but yeah uh, hopefully that'll be a big positive that parents will i don't know maybe like us a bit more <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows Probably i think <laughs> i think they'll be appreciative of what we do a little bit more if they've watched along and just think actually there's a lot of thought and effort goes into this it's not just about you know maybe taking money and um and going through some sort of motions or what everyone else is doing. It's, it's quite unique what we do. Um, maybe not the idea itself, but the syllabus is quite unique because it's grown over so many years. You can't recreate it overnight, especially not in a small lockdown period. So I'd say hopefully a lot of them have watched it and gone, wow, I didn't realise there was so much to it. Or you could There's a lot of layers. The, ball. The, the, the ones that have just cropped up now might have 10 skills that they're doing yeah. and then trying to think of a way of how can I make that into a few more for next week like you before need, we start you need, lockdown. need to believe in it and you need to know how to put combinations of these things together because that's where it goes on even further you need to know the the basic science behind what you're trying to do um, and probably most importantly the mindset behind it it's not just doing it for doing its sake it's it's to try and create an open mindset with things. So here's a challenge. You can't do it or you can't hit your target yet. So you need to practice it. You need to make mistakes to learn from, to be able to hit your target. So you doing the way we do it with the measurable feedback, instant feedback, if you like with targets and, and time limits, then you're, it's, it's developed over a long period of time, isn't it? And to, you can't just jump in there. And this, this, the mindset you can take into other areas of their lives as well. So you're helping improve them as individual human beings through it, as well as just footballers. So just to come up with 10, 15 different skills and what used to be the Cruyff is now the, the nutmeg turn or something. You know, you can't, you can't just come up with it. Like you say there's layers and it's it's happened over a period of time. Got what the question was. Oh, the positives. Yeah, lots, hopefully. But time will tell. It'd be easier to analyse when you're looking back rather than being in the thick of it now, I guess. Yeah. My one positive is I cleared out the garage because I had to. Yeah, well, half of my garage I started and it's still in my garden. So um, it's probably <laughs> okay. a negative for my for my part. But I've um, I've half built a Lego castle, and uh, and mm -hmm. uh, you know played a bit of Subutio and done some TikToks. So there's been there's been 
definitely some positives. There's been some nice moments with the family as well, you know, spending time with them and getting out with the dog and things like that. So looking back, we might look on this period with, you know, rose-tinted spectacles. I don't know. Let's hope so, eh? Yeah. Things have to get back to normal before then. Might be a purple or golden patch. Yeah, maybe. Right, we've got three questions left. Um, what's been your favourite challenge that you've seen? So these could be a bit quicker. Okay. my f- The favourite challenge that I've seen, what, anywhere? Yeah, anywhere from anyone, really. Um, I just quite like seeing Premier League players and doing their TikTok dance videos. <laughs> yeah, skills challenges but you talked about Alex Oxley Chamberlain earlier and he did a nice little TikTok video dancing up the stairs which yeah I, that was probably movement mastery because his arms were working at a different time to his feet and stuff so um, but it wasn't one of the core skills I did with him Jeff I can't uh, credit <laughs> for that one you haven't done that TikTok video yet either so. no I haven't no oh. stairs aren't big enough uh yeah, him and uh, Wayne Bridge does some good TikTok videos, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. I'm not actually on TikTok, so I probably don't know as much about it as you. Um, for actual challenges, uh, shout out to Alf- Alfie Pavlak Walsh, who set himself a thousand keep you up challenge and yeah. that a few days ago and has he's raised a lot of money. And Wessex futsal player. Yeah, he's raised a lot of money for the NHS doing it, over a thousand pounds as well to go along with his 1,000 keepy-ups. Um, and that was a real mindset one for him because his record was two, 300 or something before he attempted that. And he he was getting gradually getting better and improving each time he tried it. So. Yeah, we've always said with that, once you get to about two, 200, 250, it just is mindset. Because if you can do that many, you, can, you could probably go on all day. But you have mm. to keep the concentration and... You know, obviously it's a dedication and keep on trying. And there must have been times where he was close and he failed. And so, yeah, that was a... What about you with Josh? Has he had some good boxing challenges? He's he's done a few. We did a bit of pad work with him, but of course I'm not a boxing trainer. So it's um, it's been a, a little bit new to me. But my, my favourite challenge I've seen, other than my beer glass on the foot one, Jeffrey, which I'm disappointed. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, just... Huh? <laughs> um, it was Neil Lucas's um, lad um, who I think's in the Liverpool Academy but he was doing keepy-ups on one foot and he was touching the ball another yeah. ball with his other foot and I, I haven't even tried it yet but it just looked incredible it's, it's I mean, so... say some of them are like rubbing your tummy and patting your head with your, with your brain uh, and that one just seemed like a completely different level he actually plays for Bolton Futsal Club now, players in right, the okay. National Futsal Series Tier 1. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's in and around the England under-19 squads now. Right. I'll uh, go back. Um, but that, yeah. that was one that really stuck out for me, you know, where you've seen a lot of them and they see that and go, actually, wow, that's a simple idea, but really, really tough. And you have to be trained so much and be so competent yeah. Which I've seen some of the kids there at Sala Soccer Schools and um, Bolton Futsal Club doing it there. So some okay. of the young doing it, and they're managing it. So I'm going to have to give it a go. So maybe that'll be my my little challenge for this okay. afternoon. We'll try it in one of our uh, virtual one to ones. 
that we've got this afternoon. See if yeah. we can get those going in the front room. Maybe that's not the best of ideas. Right, good ones. Um, question nine. Oh, how can I motivate my child to do more practice? This is actually a bit deeper than I thought, this one. Um, it can be tricky, can't it, Jeff, if I'm honest? And I know that from, from my own lad who, um, like I say, got sort of so inundated with different challenges coming in left, right and centre that as soon as you kind of fell behind with some of them, the motivation went because didn't want to catch yeah. up. And it's a lot easier just to play on his PS4. It's difficult, isn't it? Because there's lo loads of parents that are trying to work from home, trying to be a teacher and a parent at the same time from home. And there'll be tension there, won't there? It'll be frustrating. And I know kids are nagging parents when they're on their, like we're doing now, Zoom video meetings. And it's, it's tough, isn't it? And then when they, you know, so... The ideal answer is, oh, if the child comes to you and says, what can I do now? You can say, well, there's all these great challenges from Pez of Street Soccer here. Yeah. And then when they're motivated to do it, do it. But that's not the real world at the moment, is it? It's no one's and it's, a fairy tale lockdown. It's difficult for the kids because mentally, home's home. School's school, football's football. And they're separate things and you're trying to bring it all under one roof for them and it it's it's a big deal for them and i yeah. know as adults we might not appreciate that fact so much but i, I saw some teacher who was actually anti-homeschooling um because he was saying the kids need to have that separation that home's home and school's school and he put a very good argument forward for it and he, he was a teacher and he said that he's not going to homeschool his kids i presume if they ask him to do something then he might guide them in the right way but um but then some parents love the routine and they love knowing that their kid's doing something because they feel guilty that they're not and so many different facets come into it but but with us motivating your child to practice the other side of it do not force them to do it because you can no. turn them turn them off it for life so it is very very difficult but my advice would be maybe set aside half an hour, an hour, a day, or every other day, or whatever you want to do as part of your routine, and that is activity hour. And yeah. then the kid can decide what activity they want to do in that hour as long as it's physical. So they can say, well, I want to do a Joe Wicks workout. I want to do a football workout. So, oh, great, I want to do a football workout. Well, let's do the Pezza skill tech scheme. And then you know you're doing it properly. Something along those lines and make it fun and um, – Get involved yourself as well because they might appreciate that mother, daughter, mother, son, parent, child, whatever it is, time together. But it, but it is difficult, and I know this is difficult because my lad, he's been allowed his phone quite a bit because it's unprecedented times, and he used to only have it on weekends. But we've been a little bit more lenient with it because um, he wants to keep in touch with his friends and whatnot, and he's online on his ps4 and he's got into doing some youtube i don't know what you call it on twitch videos live streaming that's the term and he's got other interests so it's difficult to drag him away from those interests to say right now you're going to go and do football because football's not something you do at home yeah you know, he's not used to it so it, it is very very difficult like i say maybe have these windows where now it is exercise time 
um, what you want to do in that exercise time is entirely up to you and go down that route. You, you haven't had to deal with this, have you, Jeff? Just had to motivate yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's just so tough, isn't it? I mean, maybe coming up with your own little fun multi-sport games at home is, is the thing to do as well, rather than even focusing on one, you know. I like your idea of having a, an hour where they choose the activity and things. I know um, Sean Kitson, who's Jordan Matthews, under-21 coach for England Futsal, he's putting up home fun activities that aren't related to any one sport and he's putting those on Twitter. So it might be worth following him on Twitter and having a look at what he's doing. There's someone that we know of that used to have a Brazilian soccer schools and had a, a toddler, didn't he, called Diddy. Yes. Um, who will now be much more grown up. But I think he's putting out um, videos, uh, online content of different sports you can do and it doesn't need a lot of space and just activities that might be a little fun competition. It could just be throwing a ball into a bucket and getting the family around. You could be sat in a seat doing that, couldn't you? It doesn't have to look like an actual sport. Yeah. Um, just a bit of friendly competition and Banner. Yeah, and I, hopefully if um, restrictions get eased soon, you might actually be able to take your kid to the park, um, hopefully. Well, you will be at some point, obviously. Um, when and how it will work, obviously, I have no idea. But if you can actually take your child somewhere else so they can separate, okay, we're going somewhere else, that's now activities time, might help them. Mentally, I know if I said to my lad, right, let's take a ball up the park now, he'd be like, yeah, because he knows that's football time and it's separate. But if I say, right, we're going to go down and we're going to do some football in the front room, it's more difficult for him to, that's my front room. It's not yeah. where we do football. So it, it might, in time, become a bit easier. Right, last question. Um, will this period change the way you coach going forward i think this is a really good question for me and you i mean we might have a bit more depth to what we're doing but i don't think things will look too different once you know once we go back i imagine kids are just going to want to play matches if they can it might be that we have to carry on coaching two meters apart and it might look like what we're doing now but we're at the same venue together or something like that. I don't know what it's going to look like, and neither do you, neither does anyone else. But um, once we're through all that strange getting back to normal life period, I don't think me and you will be doing too much too differently. Um, no, we'll be doing it better. Yes. That Having re-evaluated and re-engaged with what we're all about um, and seeing how many children, you know, are into it. And that you know that's one thing, um, but changing the way we coach, no, because we were all set up for this previously. I think the technology side for you and I might be something that we embrace a bit more going forward. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's this type of thing we're doing. It's not coaching, but it's it is something to do with coaching and parent and coach education. Um, and the virtual one-to-ones we've really enjoyed and uh, have been much better than I ever thought that they would be. 
um, in how we've done them and we've improved at that going forward so we might do a little bit more of that um, we've talked about different ways we can incorporate that technology into our you know group sessions as well as our one-to-ones and I think we will come out of this doing more one-to-one sessions so in in that respect yeah we did a few one-to-ones didn't we um in person I think now we might embrace this a bit more and 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 do some more online stuff and again that opens it up to people from all over the world you can suddenly engage with and get your syllabus and your philosophy and a wider wider spectrum yeah good well I think we've talked a lot (laughs) shock 10 questions as normal I don't know how long that took quite a while but um, I think we'll wrap it up and leave it there unless you've got anything else you want to add Jeff Um, I just suppose a bit of a thank you to you really mate because cheers bud (laughs) well I don't know what I'd be doing if we hadn't have started those live sessions when we did and then lockdown happened the week after and we were able to go solo because we kind of done it together I, I don't know where I'd be right now if I hadn't yeah, for your it, guidance and advice and help cheers mate it kind of just fitted in we were quick off the ball weren't we we realised it was it was coming we talked about it for a, about a week and then suddenly it was let's do it so we did the first one on a Thursday in my front room and it looks very different now to, to then. It's progressed so much with how, how I'm doing it. Um, and then we were lucky enough to have the one in your garage that you said and we learned lessons from that, which, as you said, if it wasn't for those two sessions, going solo might have been too daunting for all of us. You know, yeah. and it, it, we were lucky that we had that, that little progression and keep, keep doing your sessions. They're... Um, they're fantastic, really intense, and there's so much content in there that your players really are lucky that that they've got those. Um, I probably don't realise how lucky they are. Um, and if you, you want to get involved with Wessex Futsal Club, how do they find out more about you, Jeff? Um, well, we've got social media. We've got Wessex Futsal Club on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So that would be where I would send you to. Um, got a um web page like Pezza Street Soccer yet but. yeah um but I'm sure you will eventually one one thing at a time um but yeah if you want to find more about us PezzaStreetSoccer.com um we're on Facebook TikTok is at Pezzas if you want to uh have a little look at that Pezzas yeah I've got a TikTok at Pezzas um so that's another thing that's come out of this because I didn't have a TikTok <laughs> before um I'm writing a book called did you win did you score which is a gofundme page for that at the moment to try and raise enough money to self-publish it i've already pre-ordered my copy yeah looking forward to that yeah and that's got a nice forward by andy reed and danny mills ex-england player and republic of ireland player so there's that and of course if you want to get involved on the skill tech scheme where all of the training stuff is there in one place for you and look on the website and the skill tech scheme or get in touch with me via social media, Perry Cocking. I think that's about it. And yeah, love to hear from you. Stuff. Thanks for this opportunity as well, Pez. Oh, thank you. It's hopefully 
it's all recorded and all worked nicely and uh, we'll uh, do another one tomorrow yeah alright mate <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not doing it again <laughs> uh, brilliant thanks for your help as always Jeff um, take care and I'll uh, I'll see you in a little while for our our next uh, online one to one yeah not long but thanks for listening everyone um, hope you're all well take care and we'll uh, see you again soon